And so you see on your screen today, uh, the title of the sermon is Hindsight is 2020. Uh, that, of course, is a play on words. And this sermon, we're going to take a little bit of time to to look back at 2020 a little bit. And I desire the, the reason we want to look back at 2020 this morning is so that we can look ahead to God's continued faithfulness. We're going to look back at his faithfulness in order that we can look ahead. All right. So without giving too much away from the sermon, we're coming from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 7 through 14. And again, I always like to take some time to say if this is your first time tuning in with us here via this Zoom platform, just want to say an extra special welcome to you. Thank you so much for choosing to worship with us this morning. We understand that there is a ton of other churches that are doing this virtual thing uh, all through last year and even into the beginning of this year. And so we just don't want to take for granted that you have chosen to worship with us, that the Lord has brought you our way. We pray that you are blessed by something that has been sung, something that has been said, something that will be said, and that the Lord would show you his kindness and his love through our community and our fellowship this morning. And so we're coming from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 7 through 14. I will read, we'll pray together, and then we will jump in. So beginning in verse 7, it reads, this is what the Lord says, sing with joy for Jacob, shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, expectant mothers and women in labor. A great throng will return. They will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Hear the word of the Lord, you nations. Proclaim it in distant coastlands. He who scattered Israel will gather them and will watch over his flock like a shepherd. For the Lord will deliver Jacob and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain and new wine and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and herds. They will be like a well-watered garden and they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness, and I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me again this morning, friends. Again, Lord, we come before you with grateful hearts, thanking you, Lord, for for, for causing us to make it through another year, for keeping us through this year. And, and Lord God, even as we come into 2021 with this first sermon, my prayer above all, Lord God, is that you would increase and that I would decrease even in the, even in the sharing of your word. That, oh, Lord God, you would be magnified in our hearts and our minds through your word this morning, through the preached word particularly as it pertains to your faithfulness to us, especially in the midst of hardship. My prayer, Lord God, is that we would see you in a fresh and new way, a fresh and new way that causes us to lean in more 
to how great and big you are and the fact that we can trust you, that we can trust you because you are good, you are faithful, and Lord God, you are committed to our care. Be with those who can't be with us this morning. Pray that you'll work whatever the situation is out in their life, that this is the last Sunday they can't be with us and that they will be with us again here in the coming future. Lord God, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your presence. Please meet each and every one of us in our hearts and our minds in a special way to cause us to receive and hear with clarity your word. And Lord, Lord, would you help me through Holy Spirit to, 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 to preach your word with clarity, with conviction, and that you would add to it the effectual power of Holy Spirit to accomplish all that you sent it forth to do that. You would keep far from my heart, far from my lips, and far from the ears and hearts of our people any heresy. Grant us only truth, that truth that sets us free. And all this we ask and thank you to the glory of your name in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so this morning, coming from a little different, we typically don't don't jump into uh, uh, the Old Testament, especially when we're in special seasons like right now in the Christmas season. But I sense the Lord leading us towards this Jeremiah passage, particularly because of its talking about the, the faithfulness of the Lord. And just a little background about the book of Jeremiah. The book of Jeremiah is a very heavy book. Okay, it's filled with what are called oracles of woe, right? And oracles of woe are prophecies that foretell of bad things to come. And so for Jeremiah, these bad things involved judgment or punishment from God on the people of Israel because of their covenant unfaithfulness to the Lord. You see, Israel, or, or the covenant people of God, they had been practicing pagan worship, which means they had been worshiping other gods, going against that first commandment to have no other gods but the Lord God, Yahweh himself. And they had altogether been refusing to live the way that God had called them to live. And so for these reasons, God was sending nations that were stronger and bigger than they were in order to overthrow them and to carry them off into exile. And so Jeremiah's job as a prophet of the Lord was to warn Israel about their impending fate, about the judgment and punishment of God to come. But he was to warn them in the hopes that they would repent of their sin, repent of their pagan worship and their rebellion against God, and that they would return to the Lord in faithfulness. Unfortunately, in the time of Jeremiah, this didn't happen. As a matter of fact, what actually happened was that barely anyone listened to the words of Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, there's only recorded two, specifically two people during all of Jeremiah's 40 years of prophecy that actually heeded his warnings. Instead of the rest of people listening to him, Jeremiah was often abused and, and mistreated for his prophecies. And ultimately, the people of Israel actually took Jeremiah and forcefully exiled him to Egypt, which is that's the last we actually hear of Jeremiah. 
the very people that Jeremiah sought to warn exiled him by force. You see, Jeremiah had a very hard job and it caused him a lot of pain. And and this actually led to Jeremiah being nicknamed the weeping prophet. But with all of that said about the background of Jeremiah himself in this book that bears his name, our passage this morning is actually somewhat of an anomaly. Because considering the the tone and message of judgment and punishment and woe that the rest of Jeremiah kind of contains, our passage this morning comes from a section of the book of Jeremiah that is called itself the book of Consolation. And it's called the Book of Consolation because in it, Jeremiah offers a vision of good things for the Israelites, right? A vision of good things coming after the judgment that's coming their way, after that judgment that's on their horizon. It's something like like the light at the end of the tunnel of their suffering. And its purpose is to remind the Israelites, remind the covenant people of God of the Lord's has said. Now, that word has said is a Hebrew word, and when used in reference to God's covenant relationship to his children, it means roughly God's covenant faithfulness or his unfailing love. Has said is the overall theme of the entire Bible. The Bible in totality, from Genesis to Revelation, is itself the story of God's has said or covenant faithfulness or or unfailing love to his people throughout all of history. And so this morning, we want to look at Jeremiah and consider the Lord's has said to us. And now the book of Jeremiah and this book of consolation where we come to the Lord's has said it interrupts the oracles of woe that make up most of the book of Jeremiah. Right. It interrupts this this all these oracles of woe in order to remind Israel that all of the negative things that they will face are actually in line with the Lord's has said to them and not contrary to it. Through Jeremiah, God is reminding the Israelites that his desires for them are good. He is wanting to remind the Israelites through Jeremiah that his desire for the good of Israel remains and that the hardships they're about to face will work towards their good in the end. Now, brothers and sisters. This goes without saying, 2020 was hard. I saw this this advertisement several times in several places on the Internet where it had 2020, the numbers 2020 in the shape of a hand. And the, 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 the first zero after the first two was the middle finger and it was extended and and uh, it was somewhat of a of a. a um, a uh, one finger peace sign, if you will. I don't want to do it here on the camera because I love you guys. But a one finger peace sign, if you will, to 2020, and all and all the hardship that she brought our way. 
And now, before we go any further, I want to make clear, I'm not saying that 2020 was the year of punishment or judgment for us. That's not what I'm saying, but it definitely was a year filled with difficulty. And as this year filled with difficulty, we are all happy to see it pass by. And as Jeremiah's book of consolation was meant to remind Israel of the Lord's has said to them in the midst of the difficulty of the season they were about to face. I believe that this morning, brothers and sisters, the Lord would have us to look at this book of consolation in a similar way. You see, because it's not easy to see what the Lord is doing in our lives in the midst of difficulty. But as we now stand on the other side of 2020, in 2021, we have an opportunity to look back at 2020 and consider the Lord's faithfulness to us in the midst of all the mess we experienced. And I think it's important for us to do this, brothers and sisters, because... Lo and behold, 2021 will come with her own sets of issues for us, individually and collectively. 2021 is not going to be without its issues. As much as we pray that it's better than 2020, oh Lord, we pray that it's better than 2020. But I believe that if we can recognize the Lord's faithful, faithfulness to us in this previous season, it'll be that much easier for me for us to trust his faithfulness in the next. Amen. And so let's take a look at Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 7 through 14, and see how Israel's experience of the Lord's has said mirrored our own in 2020. So the first point we have here is this, 2020 sanctified us. In verse 7 of our passage in the book of Jeremiah, it reads, this is what the Lord says. Sing for joy to Jacob. Shout for the foremost of the nations. Make your praises heard and say, Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Now, that word remnant is a word that that means a small preserved group of people, a small reserved group of the whole, right? And it speaks to the fact that everyone will not make it back to Israel from this exile they're about to face, only a relatively small select number of them. And the significance of the remnant is that they will be comprised of those who made it through the difficulties of the exile and were thereby sanctified through their suffering so that they would rebuild a better and stronger Israel, a better and stronger covenant people of God when they return. In other words, brothers and sisters, the remnant will discover that the Lord God, God Yahweh's faithfulness to them in the midst of their suffering meant that he was going to use it to purify them, to sanctify them, to grow them up and to make them into the faithful and useful people that he desires them to be. And friends, this is precisely what the Bible tells us is God's purpose for hardship and suffering in the lives of all of his people, including us. The Apostle James tells us in James chapter one, verses two through four, he says to consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything, but a mature and complete people of God. Now, brothers and sisters, if you made it through 2020 and if you're here on this call this morning, praise be unto God, you did make it. What is at least one way you can think of how the Lord used this season, this year of 2020, to make you a little bit more like Jesus? To sanctify you and grow you up a little bit more into that image of our God and our Savior. Maybe the Lord caused you to be a little more patient in 2020. Right. Maybe he, he helped you become a little more diligent in, in getting things done or a little more organized. Right. I bet that many of us learn to be a little more creative than we thought we could be. Right. We were stretched in ways that we didn't think we could be. And we we learned to be more flexible and to go with the flow more than we ever have before. But above all. We persevere. But above all, we persevered and we learned that with God, we can make it through some mess. Amen. You see, as difficult as 2020 was, we can look back and see that the Lord brought it our way to make us a little stronger. The Lord brought 2020 our way so that we could see and experience his goodness in ways that we would not have otherwise. But 2020 also brought some clarity to our lives, didn't it? The solitude of, of social distancing challenged us to be, to be still and to hear from God about some things, right? To hear from God about some things that need to change, right? Some things that, that we need to pursue and some things that we need to let go, didn't it? We learned about some things that were taking up some spaces in our hearts and in our lives that shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right. And we were granted the opportunity to lay those things at the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. We learned that some of the things we've been so concerned about just aren't worth it in the big scheme of things, didn't we? We learned to value our families and friends. We learned how valuable community is to our flourishing, didn't we? Brothers and sisters, 2020 was hard. But if you leaned in at all, you found it to be incredibly sanctifying. If you leaned in at all, you experience God's loving hand bringing about in you that faithful, covenant, useful people of God that he desires us to be. But not only was 2020 sanctifying, brothers and sisters, 2020 in a very strange way brought us together, didn't it? In verse 8, God says that he will gather his people from the ends of the earth. Now. Throughout the Bible, whenever the people of God suffered and were forced from their homelands because of suffering, 
whenever they were scattered because of their suffering, there was always an evangelistic component, an evangelistic purpose that God had for their scattering, right? Wherever the people of God went, they took the testimony of the Lord's goodness with them, right? Consider Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel chapter 3. And if you don't know, this is the slide. This is this is a, a rendering of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being in the, the fiery furnace. And then that, that fourth person who appeared in the, in the form of the Son of God, who we believe to have been a, 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 Christ, a Christophonic, a, 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 a Christophonic uh, uh, representation of the Lord Jesus Christ stands with them in the flames. And I use the, the friends thing. I honestly saw this from another sermon online, and I just thought it was pretty cool because Jesus is a friend to the believer. Jesus is a friend to the suffering. And Jesus showed himself to be a friend to these three Hebrew boys who are about to be burned up in the fire. And I believe that Jesus showed himself to be a friend to us in the fiery furnace that was 2020 amen so i i like the little i like the little the little the little uh funny thing there but when we look at shadrach meshach and abednego from daniel chapter 3 the three faithful jewish boys who were exiled to babylon we see that the testimony of the faithfulness of god reached all the way to babylon through them Right. When they refused to worship the Babylonian king and were thrown into the fiery furnace, God stepped in. God stepped in and preserved them, not allowing a single hair on their body to be singed from the roaring flames. Then the king himself looked in and saw that that fourth person in the, the form of the son of man. And he recognized and praised the Lord God, Yahweh, as God all mighty in the same way brothers and sisters 2020 served as something uh, as something of a, a virtual scattering because we couldn't be together in person we had to use zoom we still are we had to use zoom and other virtual platforms right and while it was challenging and not how we would have chosen to worship. We can look back and see how God used these circumstances to extend our reach as week after week, more and more people joined our services, right? People who we lost touch, touch with as a church, people who lived in other parts of the country, and people who just stumbled onto our Zoom feed, people who had never darkened the doors of a physical of a physical church, but came across our virtual service and thought, what the heck? I'll just see what these people of God are doing. And for the first time or the first time in a long time, they experience the love and forgiveness and faithfulness of God through our virtual community. Brothers and sisters, I know that we did not love the social distancing and the quarantining of 2020. But if the Lord showed Redeemer anything through these circumstances, it's that he proved himself to be limitless when we are proven to be limited. God showed us that while it may seem to us that we are being scattered and separated, he is always at work gathering and uniting his people. Brothers and sisters, we thought that 2020 was the year of roadblocks and dead ends, right? Right. 
But as we look back, we can see that they were not simply roadblocks and dead ends in 2020. No. What we thought were roadblocks and dead ends was actually God in the process of building bridges and highways to connect his people in ways that we were not connected when we were comfortable in our little building, right? In 2020, we vacated 128 Vine Street, and instead of the building shutting down or becoming abandoned, the Lord gave our very own Christy Cooper a vision. Gave her a vision to turn that space into a food pantry. And that pantry has served our cities in ways that it never did when we were comfortable having our weekly services there. Brothers and sisters, our not meeting in the building meant that the Lord could use the space to provide for the needs of hundreds of people in our community and surrounding surrounding community. Our not meeting in that building meant that the tangible love of the Lord Jesus Christ reached far beyond the walls of 128 Vine Street to so many hurting families and individuals in and around our city. Friends, 2020 reminded us of what I heard the old preacher say one time, that it is what it is, but it ain't what it's going to be. We feared, brothers and sisters, that shutting down and socially distancing meant the end of our work and our ministry as a church. But the Lord showed us that what looked like shutting down was really him doing a bigger and better work than we could have have imagined. Brothers and sisters, in 2020, we experienced that it is what it is. That 2020 was hard. Socially distancing was hard. Zoom services have been hard. Not meeting together have been hard. But we learned that when God is at work, it's not what it's going to be because God is going to take what is and make it something much more glorious than we could have ever imagined. God is at work doing a new thing. God is at work doing a thing through us in these circumstances that we cannot see with our limited vision. God is at work gathering and connecting and building, brothers and sisters, where we cannot see it. Amen. And so because of the Lord's faithfulness through the hardships of 2020. Last point of this sermon is 2020 made us look ahead. Verses 12 through 14 says that they will come and shout for joy on the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord, the grain, the new wine, and the olive oil, the young of the flocks and herds. They will be like a well-watered garden, and they will sorrow no more. Then young women will dance and be glad, young men and old as well. I will turn their mourning into gladness, says the Lord. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. I will satisfy the priests with abundance, and my people will be filled with my bounty, declares the Lord. In other words, brothers and sisters, God is saying that on the day that the Israelites return, there will be great rejoicing, and rightfully so. 
The Lord has saw fit to preserve them through all of their suffering. He has sanctified them and grown them up into the faithful people that he desires them to be. He has gathered them from as far as they had been scattered, adding to their number from the people groups far and wide. And brothers and sisters, as we look back at 2020, we can share in their rejoicing as we have experienced the Lord doing so much of the same in our lives individually and in our church, in and through our church collectively. But I want us to see this, that this was not the end for Israel, right? This return from exile that Jeremiah speaks of, it wasn't the end for Israel. Although Israel eventually returned to their homeland from this exile, the future still held its share of challenges for Israel. When we meet Israel in the New Testament some several hundred years from Jeremiah's lifetime, we find them again crying out to God under the oppressive hand of the Roman Empire. We find them still looking ahead to a day when the dancing of the young and the old will never end. A day when their mourning is turned to gladness, never to be reversed. A day when sorrow is no more and there is only comfort and joy. They were still looking ahead to the day of Messiah. When he would come and bear the sins of his people and thereby make all things new. When he would come and deliver them from the yoke of the oppressive religion that they had been burdened under and to grant them the freedom of being sons and daughters of God Almighty. And brothers and sisters, hallelujah. Hallelujah unto God Almighty that that day has finally come. At Christmas, we celebrate the truth that Jesus, the Messiah, has arrived. In his flesh, brothers and sisters, Jesus has fulfilled all righteousness. And at the same time, he satisfied all penalty for sin. And right now, we have the blessing of living in the reality that he has redeemed all who put their trust in him. And as such, we await the day of his return, that final return, and that consummation of his kingdom. When, as the book of Revelation tells us, he will wipe every tear from our eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who is seated on the throne says, Behold, I make all things new. Brothers and sisters, we pray. Oh, Lord, we pray that 2021 is a lot better than 2020. We pray that we can celebrate a normal holiday with our loved ones again. We pray that we can worship under one roof again. We pray that we can go to the grocery stores and the shopping centers like we used to, like normal. But ultimately, ultimately, our hope is not in things getting better. 
on this side of heaven. Yes, yes, we want things to be better. And we pray and we do all that we can to make it so. This indeed is our kingdom mandate. Don't get it wrong. However, in John 16, 33, Jesus tells his disciples. And this is the next slide there, Clay. Jesus tells his disciples. He says, in this world, we will have trouble. Again, yes, we pray that 2021 will be far better than 2020 and that 2022 will be far better than that. But it does not matter how much better things get here, brothers and sisters, we will inevitably have other seasons of difficulty and other seasons of suffering. But then Jesus goes on to declare in verse 33 at the end there, he says, take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Friends, if 2020 proved anything to us, is that this world is broken. And it's not merely broken. It's not just a little bad off. Brothers and sisters, 2020 showed us that this world and we are broken to the extent that our only hope is in Jesus overcoming this world. That Jesus overcoming its brokenness and Jesus ultimately overcoming our own brokenness. And praise be unto God, praise be unto your name, O Lord, that Jesus has overcome. Friends, let's, let, let's make 2020 and 2021 and every year and every season that follows, let it cause us to keep our eyes joyfully heavenward because we know that Jesus is ultimately the solution to our brokenness. Because Jesus is ultimately the reason. His work, his gathering, his sanctifying us is the reason for this and every season. Let's pray, brothers and sisters. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. And my prayer, Lord God, is for every person on this call. For me. My wife here, every person, every person in every home and every device that, oh, Lord, in 2021, you would cause us, as you say in your word, to take heart. To take heart, because all the trouble that we will experience in this world, we rest, we stand, we are girded, we go forth because we know you have overcome this world. In Jesus, your holy name, I pray. Thank you. Amen.